0: Mango Mustache Media.
1: Well, 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 look who's returned for another episode of One Word Stories. I'm your host, Alex Schulte, and this is the show where we take one word and let it inspire the stories we tell. I've got a really special guest with me today. I'm related to them in some way, shape, or form, but we're gonna get to him in a second. I got to tell you, this show is produced and distributed by the LAS Podcast Network right here in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. And if you want to get bonus content like ad-free episodes of One Word Stories, uh, the exclusive bonus post show that comes with every single episode of One Word Stories, that's exclusive to LAS Plus subscribers. So go to LASPodcastNetwork.com slash plus, and for 10 bucks a month, you can get all that great stuff, exclusive merch, discounts at our live events, access to that post show, and you get the to know that you're supporting local. It's the best! Uh, I have producer Jackson Parker in the studio with me today, well, just outside of the studio. Jackson! Hey, what's up, man? Hey, thanks for producing this episode. You're welcome. I always appreciate you being here. And I
2: appreciate you being here. So,
1: I'm, right, It's a really good thing I showed up. <laughs> so, I'm really glad you're producing this episode, because you and I um, uh, had a radio show back in the day.
2: This is true. The The day of, what, a year? What feels like 40 years ago. And but was, was like,
1: actually a year and a half ago. Yes, yeah, Somehow. Like um, but we have a person who's always inspired me to be in radio and production. Today, my guest is my dad, Scott Schulte. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah! Uh, I would say you just, are definitely
0: related to me in both shape and form.
1: Yes, indeed. I, I just noticed too while we're recording this that you and I are wearing the same thing.
0: <laughs> yeah, I I'm wearing
1: so. a black sweater with a button up underneath, and so are you. Well, mine's navy. Oh, it's dark but in here. Let's not get technical. Yeah, it is dark in here, so I didn't know. Uh, yeah, yeah. Hi, Dad. Hi, Alex. Thanks for saying yes to this. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Yeah, I guess this does come out in January, yeah. so Happy New Year. <laughs> Do you have any resolutions? Uh, I'm going to, um,
0: eat more fruits and vegetables. What do you Mm. think of that? That's good. Yeah. That's good. You're not going to cut out anything. You're just going to eat more. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to eat more, uh, of those. Along with the bread. Along with the excessive amounts amounts of the breads, the cheeses, the, the, uh,
1: the Dunkin' Donuts. Yep. Yep. So, um, I'm super excited that you're on the show because, you know, you're, you're you're not in town as much anymore, so mm-hmm. getting you on the show was is a thing that we had to schedule in for your trip back. Right now, we're recording this on uh, December sixteenth, so mm-hmm. you're back for Christmas right yeah. now. We've got our Schulty Christmas coming up this weekend, which is going to be really fun. Um, but we've also got we've got you here for a little bit, so I wanted to pick your brain and find out what makes you you. Well, Now, this yeah. a lot of these stories that I'm going to try to have you tell, I, it's so weird because I know, these, I know a lot of the stories that I'm sure we're going to go over today, and I know how you have come to where you are, but a lot of other people don't, mm-hmm. and so I thought it'd be fun to kind of pick you apart here. Um, but every episode, we have one word that kind of keeps us centered in the episode, and I think this word that we're using today is really special mm-hmm. because um, it's helped me do most of the things I do, um, but it's also... Gotten me into a lot of trouble. I don't because I I might say it too often. But uh, let's definitely have our good friend Al Betker help us bring the word in.
0: Today's
2: word is
1: yes.
0: So yeah. Fun uh, fact about the word yes, by the way. Yeah. Uh, if this is true, I've heard it that it's. It, I believe it to be true. John Lennon, Mm. when he went to Yoko Ono's art exhibit, Uh when he met her, one of the exhibits had a big ladder, and there was a tiny word written up on, you can already tell where this is going, up on the ceiling, and he was climbing the ladder, and he thought, that word better be good. And he got up (laughs) to the top of, to the ceiling of this museum, and it said, yes, this tiny little word. That was it. That's really powerful. He had to meet her. They fell in love. That was it.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yes. I mean, and that's 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 the only reason I have anything that I have. If I would have said no to all this stuff, I, you know, it's so. No is important. No is but important. Yes is the game. Yes, that's a great point. Yeah. I mean, how has yes influenced your life?
0: Um, it's been. It has been the direction of my life. In that, um, I'm not one of those people that was born knowing what. I wanted to do I was born kind of knowing who I was a little bit but not what I wanted with it or Mm -hmm. how I was going to ever get anything with it Mm -hmm. so by saying yes was just reacting to opportunity and going why not Mm -hmm. and then letting that take me somewhere and believing in myself
1: to do something with where it was I wound up Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. well let's let's go back a little bit here before we actually dive into how yes has changed your life. But I want to find out, uh, let's find wh- where are you right now in life in the year 2022, I guess when this comes out, mm-hmm. um, where is Scott Schulte? I'm at a great point in my life. I'm at a great place in my life.
0: Um, nothing's perfect, but I'm very, very happy. I live in Ridgefield, Connecticut, which is a small 20,000-person town uh, about an hour outside of New York City. And so there's proximity to the whole world from where I live, and yet it's a it's a fairly quiet, beautiful New England town. So it's deceptively busy and crazy. Mm-hmm. The energy there, the money there is insane. And yeah. Actually crazy. Uh, I mean, I live a very typical same kind of life that I had here in Iowa. Um, And I'm very comfortable. One of the great things about the town I'm in is it's in an area that you can still feel like you live in anywhere USA, although there's no fast food because they're all too healthy for that. (laughs) (laughs) You think you're better than us, Connecticut? Yeah. No, no. That town. I have fast food adjacency in next door neighbor Danbury, Connecticut. So when I'm over there, I'm like,
1: oh. Are there any fast food joints out there that we don't have? Uh, not really. I feel like every time I travel anywhere in the U.S., there's always like, you got to try an In-N-Out burger. We don't have yeah. In-N-Out here. Not you know? that I can, not that I can think of. Mm, well. It's the usual suspects. Well, that was an anticlimactic question that I guess.
0: I was hoping this whole episode would be about fast food if everything places. everything climaxed rich- rich- you found rich- a new fast food joint out east, <laughs> <laughs> that would not speak well of the next 45 to a It's a to an hour. And also
1: not good for your New Year's resolution. Right. Um, so how did you get to Connecticut? How, why are you in Connecticut right now? Because I said yes,
0: um, I was at a point, as you know, um, where I was um, living on my own. I was happy in my work. I was happy with every facet of my life, except for the fact that I didn't have anybody to share it with. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't looking either because I am not a proactive person. I react to things. That is my game. From gosh, the I am the same on. Uh, And I was just, I didn't want to go looking for somebody. I wanted somebody to happen. And uh, I was at a, actually, I was at a place in my life at that point. I was living in a rental house that was, you took two dead ends to get to.
1: Mm -hmm. That's right.
0: Two dead ends to get to. Think about that for a second. Right. And yet I could have thrown a rock at Washington High School from it. Yep. So I was right in the middle of somewhere while feeling I was in the middle of nowhere, which was kind of perfect. It felt like my little cabin in the woods. So I'm sitting there writing little songs for myself and I wrote one called knock on my door and it was, she don't know it, but it's right here and all that it takes is a knock on the door, you know, lonely, no more. You know, it's, it's, it's funny cause it felt very cliche and yet it was really awesome that, you know, so I was, I was thinking I need to share my life with somebody. And then um, I did meet my now wife, Liz, and she was from Connecticut, where we now live. And at the time that I met her, she had been in Cedar Rapids for 20 years, which she claims as her adopted home. Mm-hmm. She loves and misses Cedar Rapids very much because mm-hmm. um, she raised her kids here. And that's what makes you feel like you're connected some places, that yeah. that sort of
1: web that creates with that. It's a different chapter. you know. I mean, maybe sure her childhood was somewhere else, but having her children yeah, raised somewhere totally. else. totally here is it's just a different thing so at the time that
0: i met her she was on her way she was going to be moving back within about a year her mother's out there um so she was that that was the plan Mm -hmm. and then i just kind of kept not going away you know i mean we we, we had a date about you know two weeks into dating and she was kind of like listen i'm leaving so you know what are we doing here well I was like, what are we doing here? Cause it was kind of like, well, you know, I'm not, she was like, I, you know, we, we can be together for a year or whatever. And I was like, that's not my, that's not what I'm interested in. So mm-hmm. I just kind of quit not going away. And I was at a point where I could, you know, you guys were grown and, and mm-hmm. doing your thing. And I had permission myself to be able to go try something different, mm-hmm. to react to what was in front of me as an opportunity to, start something new and i just i took about a year to figure that out she moved back we we just kind of kept in you know connection every day digitally uh we saw each other once a quarter um but i slowly made the plan to uh to move out there and then did that
1: so and i remember that transition being really hard for me Mm -hmm. but i have uh acclimated to it I think pretty well now Mm -hmm. I was you know it's everybody nobody wants their parents to get divorced you know I remember being a kid and having friends with divorced parents and being like oh god that's that's worse than that's awful death it's awful you know um I couldn't imagine living between two homes or whatever but you guys got divorced while I was living in Chicago and I was 20 21 years old or so and it took me a while to get used to that and it was weird because I noticed that Um, David and Anthony, two younger brothers, both got accustomed to that transition quicker than I did because they were living and breathing it every day. And I was over there giving segue tours and whatever, um, and, and not really getting used to it, but it took, it took me coming back and, and then also getting to know Liz in a, and having deeper connections with her to really, um latch on to that and I love Liz mm-hmm. like and I've told her that and she's one of my favorite people in the world um, you know but it, th- well, it took some getting used to for sure you know what else helped was your, your mother your mother could
0: not have been a better ally yeah. in that transition Yeah, she showed awesome. up huge in that and you know one of the you know nobody wants divorce and nobody wants divorce to happen to their children but if it has to happen You know, let it be one where they continue to do the best for each other Mm -hmm. and their children without being together, which isn't working. Mm -hmm. And so our ability to genuinely, genuinely wish each other the best and do whatever we can to make the best happen for that other person and to continue to be the best parents we can be, as flawed as we are, is, is great. And so when I, you know, when I talked to her about what I was going to do, she stepped up in a huge way and became my advocate to you guys. And I think, you know, that spoke volumes about who she is, but it also, um, was just good parenting,
1: mm-hmm. I thought. If mom would have hated Liz, I don't know how easy it would have been, you know, if she would have, if she like, cause I know I'm saying, I know a lot of relationships, parents, um, have trouble filtering themselves around their kids and they'll say some really terrible things about uh, another parent's new significant other or something like that. Mm -hmm. And they can create a really toxic viewpoint for a child. So, um, you know, even though we were adults and completely grown up, you know, I'm 26, 27, once you start dating Liz, um, I still needed – to follow, Mm -hmm. you know, I still, I still couldn't do that on my own and I still can't, I'm 30 now and I still look to you for leadership and I look to mom for leadership. Um, You know, I have a lot of mentors in my life, not just family, of course, but, but yeah, uh, it's amazing that you said yes. And I'm so glad that you're so happy now. Um, Now, I wasn't going to be a good dad to you being miserable. I wasn't going to be a good
0: dad to you being someone who was just, you know, hanging in there and putting a good face on it. What's that? Yeah. You know, so it wasn't going to what we want for you, you know, wasn't going to be improved by, you know, not doing what's best for us. You -hmm. you have to do that. Of course, you need to fight to make things work. You need to, you know, you need to try the best you can with stuff. But if something's not working, you don't have a choice. And then Mm -hmm. you have to just make it the best you can. And you get on, you know, life is short. Yeah, you know it's short, and you look back on stuff, and there's always regrets, and there's there's always points of pride, but you just do the best you can, and
1: you know, yeah, keep moving forward. Well, let's keep moving backwards in this timeline. Then um, let's go back before um, moving happened, before pandemic. Actually, really quick, how was the pandemic for you? Tough, because I I work in senior living now. Out in
0: Connecticut, so um, I took. A, I'm in charge of engagement, and
1: you know, at a at a senior living facility. Don't you have I'm a work- best friend with like a hundred three year old man or something? I've got, I've got so many really great, very old friends. <laughs> it's crazy.
0: New old friends, they're amazing. Yeah, all of my new friends are old. Yeah, and they're awesome. Um, so when I started that job, the pandemic had just blown up, and the building that I that I now work in, that I was hired to work in, the, the construction on it was delayed a year, so I had a year to go around to other buildings in my company's organization and going and doing what I do at those places, which gave me a chance to meet lots of people, right. be in lots of different buildings, some good, some not so good, and really see what was working, not working, and just learning a lot as a person and as a person who has this job yeah and so as soon as i started doing that the pandemic happened and i quickly found myself going to work in one of them was in austin in new york which is there's a prison called sing sing which is a real (laughs) old movie kind of prison it's where all the new york gangsters would go he's going to sing sing you know it was kind of like alcatraz it was sing sing oh and it's it's in Ossining, New York, on the Hudson River, not too far out in New York City. So I was going there to work, and I would go and get into a tent and change into scrubs like I was in a medical profession.
1: I remember seeing pictures that you sent. So because of the pandemic,
0: I would go in. I would, you know, we didn't have a vaccine yet. I remember being so worried for you, too. One place in town that I live in that uh, is not connected to where I work had awful number of deaths mm. early on. And it was, it was the... It was the hot spot in the state, that one place. So it was serious business, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, well, my I... job's happy, happy fun time. So I yeah. go in and I change into scrubs and goggles and um, and a mask. And, you know, I'm playing a guitar, you know, singing, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um,
2: so it
1: Some was turbulence. weird it was and weird sound like a pilot and it was
0: so hard for those people that's a generation though that's a world war 2 generation that do what they're asked of and have their whole lives they don't whine they were it was getting old but they don't complain they don't whine they just suffer in silence <laughs> and make the best of it wow and
1: so you know
0: it just it, but it sucked
1: yeah, well, Bad. I mean, to be a high-risk person in a time like that, you know, the elderly were, were so but they vulnerable. They knew they could see
0: physically what we were doing to not only protect them, but to also engage them, make them feel better, feed them, you know, all the things that— Not
1: only food, though. You're feeding them absolutely uh, love and, absolutely. and creativity. It was an amazing experience. Well, that's, cr- I, that's one thing I keep, I've said a few times on this podcast of, like, how I was starved for a year and a half during the pandemic— you know, not a food, but of things to create. No, you now we're living through, we're living through a,
0: an important historic time uh, uh, and you don't always know it when you're in it. We know it. Right. This is wild. This is a big, thing. I don't know when the end of it's going to be, but I know we're in it. Um, it may not be an end as much as it's a new way. Yeah.
1: But that's also, yeah. you know, that's the trip. Absolutely. Um, let's go back even further before we go on to our, our very fun game segment. Um, to to when you were on the radio and actually leaving Z102.9, what was it like to step away from the spotlight here in Cedar Rapids? Um, I remember I was actually in the studio with you for your sign-off, for your final goodbye, mm-hmm. and I recorded it. It was an, it was an amazing moment. The last words you ever said on air were, um, um, don't cry because it don't, happened. Don't be sad it happened. Be, don't be, or don't or don't be, be sad, sad. It's, over. it's over. Be glad it happened. it's said, Dr. Seuss yes paraphrasing but it's a wonderful way to end the sh- to yeah. end your
0: your your career there i didn't know what i was going to say at the end it was weird cuz it was 29 years i started at that job making 650 an hour it was like a pa- it was like a paper route wow. i got the job because it's more than Jackson and
1: i ever made there <laughs>
0: <laughs> but boom wow <laughs> Drop that hammer.
1: <laughs> Just kidding. Um, no, Jackson's was, dying laughing outside the booth right now, too. Okay, it's a joke. It's a
0: joke. No, it was a part-time um, thing. I got the job. It was a reaction. Somebody saw me doing something funny at a fundraiser and said, hey, did you ever think about radio? And I said, no. Yeah. And he kind of laid out this thing because he owned the Irish Democrat. In town. So he was doing the morning show and then he was being very successful at the ID and closing that up at night and the hours were insane and uh-huh. he thought if he could find a replacement, that would just get him out of there quicker. Uh-huh. So on I came and it was, you know, at that point it was... How old was are you? 29. I was 29. Um, and then that just evolved into a, a real... It, it became a full-time serious job and then it just became this 29-year yeah. career. I never I never ever still thought, I never thought of myself as a radio person. I just thought of myself as a performer that happened to be on the radio and also some other things that I was doing. So from the time that I began to the time I ended, it was never like I'm in radio. Right. It was I talk to people, I try to entertain people, I try to I connect. do this. Um, but when I left, whenever I've left anything, it's been the right time, it's been okay, and I've never looked back. I don't miss it. Um, I enjoyed it tremendously. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I I go on to something else and then I'm I'm always, and this is what I always tell my residents my my old my new old friends mm-hmm. I'm always about you know what the rear view mirror is great and let's always look in it and let's always enjoy and let's always see where we've been, but the windshield's a lot bigger and let's always keep looking through that and let's keep moving forward because you know you've got it, you've still got it, you're still engaged, your brains are still you're still I'm still 14 in my head. <laughs> you know this thing of I'm very old and all the things that you know about the cartoon version of that is true. Isn't mm-hmm. true. They have they have anxiety about this. They come into a they come into one of places. It's new and it's just like high school. It's like right. oh they are already they all know each other and I'm the new kid. You know it's just None of that stuff changes. So that windshield Ugh. is still there. We are always moving forward, and I've always been that way. I don't look back and go, "God, I miss that." I think that's exactly what I loved what it, I... but I don't miss anything I've ever done. I was a teacher. I loved it, right? I don't miss it. Yeah, I, it was time.
1: That's amazing. That's incredible. That's exactly right. what. This a is seventh... how
0: I'm wired, though. It's not it's, something you can teach anybody. It's Not what a
1: seventh grader wants to hear. It's the same thing over and over again. You're always going to be the new kid wherever you go. When I would do room. a
0: career day with a seventh grader, though, it's like, "How many of you already know what you want to be?" And Hands up, and you know. Sometimes you're really good at something you don't want to do, Mm -hmm. you know, don't be afraid to to not be, so many kids grow up and they just become what they're supposed to become, Mm -hmm. whether they like it or not. I don't know. It's just, everybody's different.
1: Right. Right. It was too bad we were so good at football. I know. You know? I know. It really took us off. Just didn't want to do it though. I know. It just wasn't in the cards. (laughs) Sorry, football. I chose
0: not to excel in football. Yep. Yep, and because they took my helmet and gave it to somebody
1: else who needed That's it. That's one of my favorite stories. At Regis High School. You do? Do you want to tell that story really quick before we jump into Ginsburg? Just I, when I, I, just, it, it's when like I played high school football, the
0: coach who was a legend, Tom Good, who scared everyone he came into contact with because he was just this imposing figure, and he was just the you know he was the the, the, the cartoon version of a of a football coach. Right. He smoked a cigarette, and the red part of the cherry part of the cigarette would be about two inches long. So he was a, throw it like that. <laughs> he, what he turned around one time, he goes, Sholy. and I literally didn't think he knew my name, and so I fought my way through all these guys to get up to where he was from the back, mm-hmm. and he said, "Give me your helmet." <laughs> like hey i got all kinds of stuff here never been used i got shoulder pads <laughs> thigh pads got a special on sh- thigh pads today
1: they're free need a girdle yeah uh need any water so i loved it but Yeah, i loved football too i, I was never at it. very good you always
0: forgive me this but you i loved how you always showed up right at your boy did your eyebrow ever cock yeah i don't know what you're about to say You would always show up right after the guy had been tackled and stand over him like, I was totally going to do that. Uh, (laughs) You'd you'd stand over the guy like, you're so lucky I didn't get there two (laughs) seconds earlier because I'd have laid the wood to you, buddy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's how I, that's. I love that about you though. That's how I've gotten through life. I know. That's a metaphor for my entire life. God, I just missed. Ah, I was going to help. If I would have though, I promise you guys. Nice job. It was going to be great. Yeah. Right. Glad you didn't need me. Yeah. Yeah. Good hit. Good hit. (laughs) I'm a good hype man. You know, I hype people. No, you're up. a great hype man. <laughs> I, I hype the people, and that's okay. as necessary as the guy that's <laughs> laying the wood to somebody else. Exactly. How do they get hyped if they uh, if they don't have a hype man? You know, you can be as good at football as you want, but somebody's got to pat him on the backside. I, I believe in you, buddy. So I want to. I want to. We, we've got a very special segment sponsored by Ginsburg Jewelers called "True Love and Two Lies." I'm going to give you. You know what? Before I that's where the my game, wedding ring came from. Ginsburg Jewelers? Bam. Hell yes. Yeah, of course. Let's play True Love and Two Lies. So I have three stories here for you. One of them is true. I need you to guess which one is correct, and then we're going to reveal the real story with the audio of the person telling you the story. Uh, By the way, Go and check out Ginsburg Jewelers on the corner of First Avenue and Collins Road, right across the street from Best Buy, in the same parking lot as Poncheros. Poncheros. Yes. Um Ginsburg Jewelers. Steve Ginsburg and his whole team are going to take such good care of you. They're amazing. They're incredible. Obviously, they've taken care of my family for um Generations. Gener- generations. They really. Steve have. is on the Mount Rushmore of good guys. I uh, yes, he absolutely is. Yes. Steve Ginsburg. My Uncle Dan, my Uncle Brian. Your Uncle Brian. And the fourth one has not Ro- been born yet. I think it's Rob Nassif. Rob Nassif, for sure. I think Rob Nassif is the fourth guy on that. On that, Maybe Greg cans the drummer. You know. This is a dangerous road to go down. This is. There's too Back many to amazing people. Sorry, so Steve Ginsburg, who is on the Mount Rushmore of... Amazing people. Uh, is It's going to take great care of you. And if you let them know that the LAS Podcast Network sent you or One Word Stories, they're going to give you 10% off your order. so, so Yeah. Yeah. So if you're buying a $100 ring, that's a $90 ring. If you're buying-
0: You uh, need to be l- buying more than a $100 let's, ring. Though.
1: Let's get really complicated with the math. If it's an $833 ring- We may never know. Yeah. We don't know what 10% of that is. We never know. So go and find out at Ginsburg Jewelers. So uh, uh, are you ready to play, Dad? Always. All right. Yes. Yes! I always say yes. Story number one. We had our first date when we were 17, juniors in high school, at Brugger's Bagels. When we graduated in 2011, we went our separate ways for college. We did the long distance thing for a couple years and decided it wasn't for us. But a couple years later, we met up again and tried to give it another shot. I actually wanted to propose where we first met, so when I asked if she wanted to go back to our high school, she definitely thought it was weird, but I decided to propose in the parking lot. She said yes, and we've been married ever since. I love that, even if it's not true.
0: Yeah. But it that feels really true. I hope but, they all feel true. I, I'm yeah. hoping
1: that I, I'm throwing you a curveball here. If
0: that's not true, you're a good writer. Thank you. Yes, I think. Now, if these next two are really, really... <laughs> <laughs> He talked good to me.
1: <laughs> I went to the park, and I threw a ring to the wind, and it landed on her finger.
0: I'm not sure I believe that one.
1: Um, story number two. <laughs> so our first kiss happened after a photo shoot we did in L.A. In this house we rented for a couple of nights. So in order to propose, I actually rented the same house again. This big, beautiful house with an elevator to drop the knee. So we were taking the elevator up to our place, and when we got up there, all of our friends popped out to surprise her. I proposed, and she said yes. That's story number two.
0: Yeah, I'm, a, I'm not feeling that one.
1: No? Mm-mm. The elevator seemed a little to our place. Yeah. i was I'm pretty sure you wrote that. It's a big house, Dad. You're defending it. You totally wrote that. I didn't. No, that's the real one. Don't do
0: a show with your dad if you don't want to
1: get away with any of this stuff. I, maybe I didn't. Read it good enough. Okay. All right. We're going to go to story number three. Won that round. (laughs) Story number three. So I met my wife in college. We went to University of Iowa in the 80s. We were both huge Hawk fans, and ever, ever since I was a kid, I always wanted to propose while on the Jumbotron at Kinnick. The Hawks were playing Minnesota, and we had tickets in the fifth row. Couldn't believe it, but Herky even came over to help. We looked up during the halftime, during halftime, and there we were. She was freaking out, and then she saw that I got down on a knee. She said yes, and 30 years later, we're still happy. Okay. One and
0: three are both genuine possibilities. So you wrote one very good story. Um,
1: That's, okay, yeah, yeah, pick it apart.
0: which of those two? Yeah. Um, One is so sweetly simple, it's very recent being 2011
1: yeah they just graduated three
0: they married 30 years um the hawkeye connection it was great The I, wow I, I thought one sounded like i was gonna just go don't even read the other two because that's it
1: but three <laughs> is very
0: very possible
1: i'm gonna go one
0: Going to go one. one, but I.
1: Uh, but it's a fifty-fifty. But point for tone. gosh darn sake, you are not going with the photo shoot in LA with the elevator. Absolutely not. Yeah, that's definitely that. Could not have happened. Yeah. All right, Jackson. Uh, do you want to? Uh, am I am I plugged in here? Okay, I'm going to go ahead and play you the audio. All
2: right. So Haley and I shared our first kiss on a photo shoot. No. Uh, years ago. <laughs> um, at a house that we were renting in LA for the whole like crew to stay at. Now! So for the yes. engagement, I rented yes. out that house, um, had all of our best friends come in, and then uh, surprised her for her birthday slash Valentine's <laughs> Day, and acted like we were going to be spending the weekend at that same house. But when we came up the elevator in this massive house, um, I had the whole <laughs> room set up with roses and candles and this archway where I proposed, and then our, all of our friends came out and surprised
1: her. That's it. Well, if you're going to lose, do uh, it spectacularly. And you know what's even funnier, Dad? You married them. That's the story of Gina no! and Haley. <laughs> you were you were the, the uh, what do you call it? Officiant. Officiant. At, Except I didn't get to be the officiant because I couldn't go out there because of COVID. Oh, right. Right, right, right. They had to, Oh, they had my to, gosh. That was Gina talking about this Haley. This is the most humiliating. My, my cousin, Haley, you're... Uh, My niece. beloved niece Yep
2: As the producer And ex-boyfriend And, Bailey, and
1: Jackson's ex-girlfriend I think it's hysterical. This is the weirdest <laughs> Gina,
2: Haley Love to both of you Congratulations
1: You know what <laughs> if- <laughs>
0: If this <laughs> podcast only happens to the three of us, <laughs> this was worth it. You're a really good writer. Uh,
1: th- you know, One and three were spectacular. Th- th- and I wrote them right before. I was running late. I had to write them while we sat here. I'm glad you think so. Um, so it's funny because... I should look over your shoulder more for one thing. Last last uh, Last week when I had Jason Alberti on, he figured out which one was the real one by the details. The lack of details. Mm. In, and I and I thought I had made the same mistake again by putting not enough no, details. No, you upped your game, and he made you better. He did, but he I put a lot better. of details into the other ones.
0: It, oh. had, it had to sting a little bit when he said it, but that, that made you better.
1: It, it did. <laughs> it did. <laughs> <laughs> Any critique always stings. I don't take anything It's better if you ask for it, though. Yeah. That's what I think. Right, yeah. I, it's, I, I, just, I prefer to just stay bad. Um, That was... True Love and Two Lies, brought to you by Ginsburg Jewelers. Go and check out Ginsburg Jewelers over on First Avenue and Collins Road. If you're planning on proposing, it's a beautiful time to propose. If you're thinking about buying something nice for yourself, because we all need a little bit of um, um, treat yourself every once in a while. That's very straight. I got it from Parks and Rec. Well done. That TV show. Yeah, it so wasn't. But I'll take credit. Yes, if you want to treat yourself, <laughs> then go to Ginsburg's, Ginsburg Jewelers. Talk to Steve and his team. They're going to take great care of you. Um, my dad got his wedding ring there. Jackson got his wedding pendant there. And eventually I will get my wedding ring there. Well, That's and so the, did my niece. And so did. Even if they're lying. Exact No. <laughs> For all intents and purposes, Haley got hers there too. Yeah. Gina flew all the way in from L.A. To go to Ginsburg Jewelers and and buy the ring. I don't. Everything I say is a lie. Everything. That's, well, that's where I get it. We're going to take a quick break, and we're going to be back in just a couple minutes with the man, the myth, the legend, Scott Schulte. We're swimming through your mind, bro. Here in, in... There goes a whale. There goes a dolphin or something. That was also a whale. Oh, that was a different whale with a different tone. Wow. That was uh, Bjork. The singer? The singer. Got it. What was she wearing? It's hard to describe. Yeah? It looked like a goose. Right. But it wasn't. Or was it made of meat? Was that Lady Gaga? That was Gaga. Oh, got it. Got it. I'm with Scott Schulte. (laughs) I'm with my son, Alex. I'm with my dad right now, uh, interviewing him on One Word Stories. Today's word is yes, with an exclamation point, saying yes. And I want to keep talking about things you've said yes to, and maybe some things you should have said no to in the second half. Okay. In the second half of this show. Um, thanks for sticking around. Thanks for sticking through those breaks. We really appreciate having you here. Um, so, Dad, let's go Let's go to... to Right after high school, when you're deciding where you want to go to college, because I, <laughs> I think deciding there's so, so well, yeah, I I mean, yeah, it doesn't. It was the acorn doesn't the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. I didn't have many choices. The apple tree doesn't drop oranges. No, it doesn't. I uh, I did not. Yeah, that's not where I was going with my reaction to that. That was about me, though. I know yours was, yeah, yeah. but. I had to self-deprecate a little bit. I got jealous. We wouldn't be us. Exactly. So how was your decision between choosing between... um, Where I went to college? (laughs) The one college and the other one college.
0: When I went to high school, which was... I graduated in 1978 from Regis. And when I was a student there, uh, I was studying my... I was making my own educational plan as I think maybe you can relate to a little bit, as I was working I was on well, how yeah. to relate with others mm. in, a, in a fun and meaningful way mm. when I should have been supposedly
1: working on mathematic equations and stuff. Right. Because so, you'd be using so much of those mathematic equations right now instead of connecting I'd people. I'd be very busy yeah. um, solving problems and such
0: as. Mm-hmm. So I went to that college night in the Regis Gym. And there were a bunch of tables with different schools, and I only remember. And I think I don't. If my parents were there, I don't remember, which is no spoil <laughs> on them because they probably were. I just don't remember. That's how little attention I was paying to go to college. At everything they come to all my stuff. So I they were probably there. I think they like you more than me. That's possible. So I went to a table. It was Co. Co College is a great college. Oh, I love Co. Co's amazing.
1: That campus is beautiful.
0: And I went up, and I was talking to somebody there, and they kind of, you know, they showed interest in me, and so I was like, okay, and I went there. It was wow. just because I walked up to that table. I didn't go if I went to other tables, I don't remember it.
1: So I went to Co. And I don't know why I went to. That's Co. how you made the decision. I mean, it's local. It's here in Cedar Rapids. You got sure to stay is. at home. I just <laughs> did. You still live at home? While uh, going to no, Co? I
0: lived on campus the first. I only went to Co one year because as much as I loved it I still love Co and I still go I went to the uh, university I graduated from Co, Iowa Co Hawks Cohawks
1: yeah
0: um, I loved Co it wasn't for me Co was a very I'm not smart enough to go to Co I got
1: there <laughs> yeah they should I don't agree with in. you
0: but I feel the same honestly about they probably shouldn't have let me in I was
1: gonna say it's kind of hard to get into Co well it wasn't in
0: 1978 for <laughs> one guy but I think everybody else had. You
1: know, I don't. I think everybody else skated their way. They were all smart, and I'm like, not. There one exception. Your charismatic dad. I I've gotten so much in my life from pure charisma. Yeah. You know, it's not it's not how studious I am. It's The old charm offensive.
0: Mm-hmm. I went into the what are they? The hub. I think we call it. It's a it's a grill, the middle of campus where you can go get a cheeseburger. Oh, okay. And uh, there was a guy who was on the football team, and if he. There's people at Coe that can be on a football team and wind up in the NFL, and they have. Mm-hmm. But from the most part, you should be studying. Yeah. And this guy, I saw him and he was in a, I thought he, I recognized him from psychology class. And just to make nice, I go, hey, you're in my psychology class, aren't you? And he goes, no, you're in mine. Oh, wow. Oh,
1: I went, whoa, okay. Wow. Okay. Yes. What a jerk. With pickles, please. Yep. No, um, you're in mine. Yeah, wow. Yeah. You, I, I forget that story. You've told me that before. Can you imagine? Did he look exactly like the bully from Back to the Future? little bit.
0: And I, he probably turned out to be a guy that I saw at a gym here in town about three years ago. when I was going to this gym that I'm not going to name.
1: And he was... Do you go to his gym or does he go to yours? I go to his gym. I went to his gym for sure. Yeah,
0: got it. And he'd be, you know, just pumping it and you know, looking at himself. and Yeah. He said to no one, because nobody was in his way in between him and the mirror that he loved so much, but he said randomly, he goes, get out of my mirror. And I thought, how does a human say it? Can you
1: imagine ever saying get out of my mirror? No, I can't. I can absolutely not. It, walking out of my front door and expecting any kind of confrontation that I would create like that is just unheard of. No. Let me back up though. I, this is nothing. Co.
0: I love. That's okay. I love yeah. Coke, um, but I left because it wasn't for me. It was a science school and a you know a lot of other things too. But I was like you know okay. So I I took a year off. Drove a Coca Cola truck. Mm-hmm. Got humble. Yeah. You went to jail for delivering Coke. Yes, because it was on my route in Anamosa. Yep. And my two truths and a lie: I could say I was on stage with the Grateful Dead. I've been in jail for selling Coke, and I make high end bar
1: stools. Right. Wait. And two of those are uh, fake? Two of them are real.
0: The two lie of them is are real. the
1: bar stools, as you might know. Got it. No, yeah, I've never sat on a good bar stool made by you.
0: No. You've mm. never sat on a bad one made by me. That's true. Um, so I went to Iowa. That's true. And what were you trying to get me toward? Uh, uh, I, I was, I'm really so trying. I said yes to Co. That he, was a big yes. yes to Co, But it. it wasn't right. So then I went to the University of Iowa because I wanted to study theater. And I went there. And I went and auditioned. For all, they had a cattle call audition there. So you go and you do one performance for every show they're doing that season. Right. And I did. And I got cast in two things. Well, I got cast in two things. One was I was the UPS. <laughs> no, I was an UPS man. Wait. It just said UPS. Oh, I know what it was. I thought I was like the upstairs butler. It said <laughs> UPS man. I was like... <laughs> like, okay, that's cool. Uh, I can wear a tux. <laughs> I was the UPS delivery guy in some show. And then uh, this other guy, this English guy came up to me and said he wanted me to audition for this thing he was putting together. He was going to put together a troop of actors and go to prisons and do original shows and then do workshops with inmates and have them um, put together their own theater companies. And... You know, it was a great source of self-expression and all kinds of great things can, of course, come out of mm-hmm. the study of theater and the experience of it. So I did that. And that was, um, that was on again, off again for a couple of years. So I went to several prisons around the country doing original shows. And I learned a lot about everything I know about theater. I, I either got from just kind of my own being a goof my whole life. hmm but I really got it in that experience. It was intense. It was extremely intense. So you went around performing theater inside of prisons. And then more importantly, doing workshops with inmates. Yeah. And, having, and teaching theater to them. And that experience was drove everything I've ever done ever since. Really? Everything I've done came out of that. And it was because I would say yes to things. And the yes that is the biggest yes came from the training in improvisation which is you have to say yes. Yeah. If you come up to me and you go, hey, is this your dog? And I go, well, there's no dog. You're, uh, right. you're pretending you're holding something. Right. You know, you've Dead. got Dead. to the, the say yes and go into that world and see where it takes you and listen and be with somebody in that experience. And that's what I do
1: for a living and have been doing for a living ever since then. One of my big... Uh, Catchphrases, sayings, whatever you want to call it, is that everything's a gift. And I learned that from improv as well. Mm-hmm. So you you really do have to learn to roll with the punches, say yes. You studied improv more than I did. Uh, mine yeah. was intensive, but, but you've, you've spent a lot of time at it. Uh, improv is, helps me. Every day, all day. It helps in everything. I'm doing it right now, it's obviously. It's not theater, it's everything. You know, yeah. I mean... Life uh, is improv. Hosting uh, Rough Rider games, I have to I have to constantly do things, improvise segments that come up last and minute.
0: And it's not about being funny, it's about being interesting. And that's another huge thing. It's right. about being interesting. And sometimes that's funny, and sometimes it's serious, and sometimes it's a lot of other things. But,
1: you know, it's about being interesting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, um, well let's go back a little bit further then, shall we to even before let's go to like middle school. When, when were you really discovering that you enjoyed theater and um, being a performer? Out of the cradle.
0: I mean, I, I was our aunt Susie Mm -hmm. when she was at, must've been LaSalle high school. Uh, I was an infant and I was the baby Jesus in their pageant. She was, she was playing the, the Virgin Mary. And so, you know, you got a baby? Yeah, I got a new nephew. I don't think she talked like that, but that's how she still talks. Um, so I was the baby Jesus in that. And then in, at All Saints Elementary School, we did on our own in fifth grade Frosty the Snowman. So we took our tape recorder, our cassette recorder, and we had, you know, hit play and record. And we recorded Frosty the Snowman when it was on whatever night. At whatever time and recorded the whole show and then we sat with a notebook and we transcribed every word of that show and then we made copies of it and then we assigned parts within our class and I was frosty because I also worked at the Dairy Queen at that point because grandpa owned right co-owned one of the Dairy 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 Queen on Mount Vernon Road so I had the white pants to swing it and so I was frosty (laughs) so I was like happy birthday hey I said my first words but snowmen can't talk what's the joke you know, so I was, that <laughs> sounds like it, doesn't it?
1: That was really good. Yeah. That's a pretty so, depressing story if you really get down to it. That's you know, fifth Frosty grade. dies at the end. He does, melts, he?
0: doesn't he? No, he comes back on when there's a Christmas snow and you put the hat on him. He comes back to life oh. again. Oh, sure. Who's going to sure. make a children's story like that?
1: Tons of people.
2: To be fair, the children don't know he's going to come back. <laughs>
1: that's true. Yes, the, the but, little girl was very sad. Well, children are more resilient than you think, Jackson. That's
2: yep. that's valid. That's fair. Hey, Jackson, we're,
1: we're three of them. Jackson, you have a fun story about I saying do. yes.
2: I going to bring it up. Uh, that's
1: your fam- that your family tells.
2: Yes, it's, it's, it's the Scott Schulte story, as I believe how they refer to it. Um, I don't want to give too much away, but it involves you and a theater, and all I'm going to do is just snap my fingers to see if <laughs> that rings any bells. It wasn't in a you. theater.
0: It, the sadder thing is it wasn't a theater. What was it? It was a flooded out basement uh, classroom in Puerto Rico. It was a private school. I needed a job. I lived in San Juan for a year, where I met your mother. Mm-hmm. Welcome to episode one of Where I Met Your Mother, Alex. <laughs> um, I went down there for, I had met someone at Co. Talk about yes, right. leading to things. You exist because I went to Co.
1: <laughs> great
0: i loved co then holy cow yeah um so i was down there i needed a job apply for anything uh, you know i'd had at that point one year of co a year of driving a coca-cola truck and then um a year of university of iowa under my belt and all that prison work mm-hmm. and i came out of that prison thing going i can do whatever i want i can do anything no i think it was i don't think i'd gone back and got yeah Whatever. Anyway, I'm down there and I applied for two jobs. One was to be a maid at somebody's house. I was like, and you know how messy I am? I was like, I got to have a job. I'll go clean somebody's house. I applied for it. Guy oh, called God. me and I go, yeah, well, uh, he goes, oh, I, I guess I'm kind of looking for a woman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which okay. is well, also, you know, that's on sexist. him. Yeah. That's on him. Uh, the yeah, uniform I, didn't fit you, huh? Well, says who? Right. I mean, right. Depends so, on who you're asking. I went to a school. It was a private school, very expensive private school in San Juan. It was an English speaking school. I mean, the kids were, were Puerto Ricans, but they were also, they were doing their school in English and uh, they, they had, they were looking for an English teacher. And I was naive enough to think, well, I could stay ahead of them a day in English improv crying out loud. I could teach English. So I went and clearly I'm not going to be an English teacher, let alone at a, Expensive private school, and so you know, no, thank you. Okay, well, thanks anyway. And I'm walking out the parking lot. She follows me out the parking lot. She goes, "Do you know anything about music?" And here we go.
1: <laughs> What'd you say? Yes, hell yeah.
0: I turn to her and I go. I literally said, "Do I?"
1: I was in high school marching band, <laughs> which I still have your uh, your suit from. Congratulations! In in my closet. But- the, the ugly uh, jazz band suit from the 70s that you have? The, like, you Tuxedo. have that? You dropped it off at Take, my house. Okay, right. Take care of that. It's still in the zipped up bag. Sounds, this, that sounds creepy the it's way like, that all played it, it's out. It's in the body bag, you know?
0: Yeah. Make, a, make an effigy of me out of chewed gum that looks realistic and then like put hey, that Arnold, suit around it. Will you do that? I, yeah, I will absolutely do that all because right. no one else is going to wear that suit. So I said, of course I can teach music. And so she got a little excited. This is how desperate they were that she would even think that I, Mm -hmm, who she mm -hmm. could clearly see through. Mm -hmm. But it was like, need to put a chunk of meat that has shoes into this position. (laughs) Takes me down to this downstairs area that smells, it was mold. It was uh, open air school because it's in Puerto Rico, but it was lower level. So Mm -hmm. when it would rain, it would get down into this room. And so sheet music, you know the smell of old rotted sheet music? Oh, yes.
2: Yes. I am familiar.
0: This is the smell. So I look around and I start to let them know how much I know about music, and I start to snap my fingers to check the acoustics in the room to see if they were up to my standards. I'm like, as I'm standing, and then I the, the coup de grace was I bounced into a crouch and kept snapping oh. to check them down low. <laughs>
1: uh, oh man.
0: And I looked up, I go, the room's good. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I picture Kramer in this situation. Totally, it's a very this, Kramer moment. The from title Seinfeld. of the story
0: <laughs> would be "It's Not Fraud If You Don't Know It." <laughs> and I'm telling you, because she hired me, and I and I lasted a year. What? teaching? Oh, I didn't know that. No, part. I got the job, so I taught <laughs> that's music. That's the part. Oh my god, to these kids, and I found out later, after I was done with it, that she had fraudulently said that I had a teaching certificate, which I went on to get. Oh, I, I was a, I'm a certified teacher I was anyway um, but at this point I was not so it was fraud wow she committed a crime hiring me <laughs> which I would never have done I promise you that both moral, morally and figuratively yes so I uh, I had a choir I had there would be like I'd get in there and they there' be this little fifth grade girl it was a really good piano player and I go you know what we're gonna do we're going to listen to her today. You know, <laughs> she is really great. Let's experience some live music. Honey, would you come over here please? She's like, wow. <laughs> okay. All right. She'd play. And I'd get a record. I'd go, we're going to listen to this record. And I want you to you know, just make stuff up. Wow. But yeah. they loved it. Just it like was, real teachers. Everything's a good guess. Not really, not so. really. Everything's made up. But it.
1: Well, about halfway through,
0: it. I started to shift toward theater stuff. And it got a little bit better. We wound up in... Up, there's this beautiful theater in San Juan it's gorgeous it's like Hancher auditorium and they had rented this is how much money was in the school they rented it out for their for their holiday program and my kids were supposed to sing and i had to accompany them on the piano <laughs> i don't play the piano <laughs> no you do not i don't this is how this is, is how willing i was to is, go in you're too deep so they are deep. The kids are all on stage at Hancher Auditorium right. of San Juan, oh, Puerto Rico. And I'm going bong tang 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 tang. Because anybody can do that? And they're going Rudolph um, the red-nosed reindeer, head baby chinese <laughs> nose and the be so it. You would even say it glow like a light bulb. <laughs> oh my god. And parents were looking around going, "What in the hell is
1: this? <laughs> how did they get how on much, stage?" How much do we spend? They're letting this? anybody on here, huh? Yeah, oh, that's rough. How did, so how did you leave? Uh, well, on good terms. I I couldn't believe they didn't
0: fire me at Christmas. I swear to you. Uh, I lasted a year. Um, I knew at that point that I needed to come back home. I remember at, at about during winter, I was watching a football game. I think it was the Bears and the Packers and it started to snow. I'm watching it on another beautiful Puerto yeah. Rican day. Yeah. I started to cry. I was like, "God, I missed changes of season oh really gosh yeah. no i i
1: would i would say goodbye to winter well i would now easily i would now um so we've i love that we've talked so much about the importance of saying yes but before we end this whole thing i'd love to hear your thoughts on the importance of saying no well it's
0: the opposite of it and it, <laughs> it, it's it's as important um Yes is harder to do. No is easy. Saying no to things is easy. Saying no keeps you out of trouble, but it also keeps you out of opportunity. Being out of trouble is important, but a little bit of trouble can maybe take you someplace. Um, So not being afraid. I think no is really helpful when you're afraid, especially if it's something potentially dangerous. There's spidey senses, and I believe Uh in that, and I think that should be paid attention to if your spidey sense is going. But if you know deep down, there's a lot of things I haven't done. When I was a waiter, I remember a lot of people telling me I should go to Chicago and get into Second City, which you had the courage to go and get after. I didn't have that courage. Um, I've had a lot of... I've, I've, been, I've always been... i been. put it this way. I was given the chance in fifth or sixth grade. They were splitting up the math classes. You could be in one class or the other class. And it was essentially and it might've even been in these days said to me in this way, you've got a choice to either be at the bottom of the smart class or the top of the dumb class. Mm. And I picked, which this is about, no, I picked the bottom or the, the top of the dumb class. Yeah. Right. Cause so I was like, I would rather be a big fish in a tiny little pond than yep. go and struggle and never find out what I could do. Um, assuming you're not going to rise to the top. So I've said, no, to some things that I don't regret but I I will never know where whatever talent I do have might have taken me Mm -hmm. because I never put the foot on the gas pedal I never had the courage to do that and but I think you also had other things going on like a family everybody does And, and and the reason I'm okay with it is because I have enough balance in it and maybe it's Who knows how our minds work? Either you do that to to make yourself feel better or it's who you really are. I think it's who I really am. I think an audience is an audience. I don't care if they're all, you know, in a theater in Chicago or New York City or Marion or Mm -hmm. anywhere. They're audience. Mm -hmm. It it doesn't. And the more you travel, the more you start to realize that people are people. Mm -hmm. Good is good. So no does keep you from opportunities, Um, but I say yes more than I say no, Mm -hmm. and I look for opportunities more than I look for things that aren't going to happen, and so it's in balance. It's been very good to me.
1: Dad, you're very wise.
0: Well, thank you, son.
1: I appreciate you sharing your knowledge with us here Mm -hmm. on One Word Stories. This is a great show, by the way. Well, I'm I, very proud of you. Thank you very much. Seriously, I'm proud of everything you're doing too. You're saying yes to a lot
0: of things, and I'm proud of you for it.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm feeling very lucky that I keep getting opportunities to say yes too. Yeah, you know, well, it's talent. Yeah. Thanks, Dad. Talent. I love you very you're much. For, love you too. Um, and we got to have you back sometime. You'll have to come back for a part two of something of one-word stories. Okay.
0: Sure. We could talk about uh, an hour's worth of maybe.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Before we do our third episode, no. Yeah. It's be a whole lot of. I don't know. <laughs> Yep, next episode is maybe. Maybe. This was One Word Stories, the show where we take one word and let it inspire the stories we tell... Um, i have been your host alex schulte i've been joined by my father scott schulte and and if you'd like to support this show and other shows like this one on the las podcast network consider going to las podcast network.com slash plus and subscribing to las plus it's like netflix but for local podcasts there for 10 bucks a month you get ad free episodes bonus content like the post show by the way you've got to stick around because we do have the One Word Stories post show coming up here right after this recording and if you do want to hang out for that you got to subscribe to LAS Plus we're going to do an extra 20 minutes here um, um, with my dad that's going to be awesome so for 10 bucks a month you're supporting local you're getting that bonus content you're getting that merch it's a lot of great stuff and that itch will go away that's what they're telling me if you subscribe to LAS Plus Jackson thanks for producing this episode dude Jackson is love Jackson is life um and i will leave you with the question i always leave you with what's your word Mustache Media.